are listening to the Drew and Jay podcast brought to you by 21 Media Productions. He is Drew Lasker. I am Jay Marriott. This is episode 12. We are joined by former Bristol Flyer superstar VJ King, who faces off against the London Lions in EuroCup action this Wednesday. But before we get into this episode, let's share a little message from our sponsor, We've teamed up with an incredible basketball clothing brand that's going to take your style and game to a whole new level. So get ready to elevate your passion for basketball both on and off the court because we're proud to introduce our collaboration with Always Balling, you know, the brand that's redefining basketball fashion. That's right, folks. Always Balling isn't just a clothing brand. It's a lifestyle, whether you're shooting hoops at the park, catching a game with your friends, or just want to rock some seriously stylish threads. Always Balling has got you covered. From premium jerseys to trendy streetwear, they've got it all. And here's the best part. Not only are they our podcast official merchandise partner, but they're also creating some exclusive Drew and Jay show gear that you won't find anywhere else. So get ready to rep your love for basketball like never before with Always Ballin's top-notch apparel. And stay tuned because we got some exciting giveaways and promotions coming your way soon. So until then, keep listening to us here on the show for the latest on all things basketball. And remember, when it comes to style, passion for the game, we're always ballin'. Let's welcome an old friend into the room, VJ King. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Love it. Well, before we get into the main body of this interview, we always warm our guests up with a quick fire round. I give you a question and you have to answer with one word. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. You are now playing the Marriott Minute. First question, Bristol Flyers. Uh, I'm going to say great. Coach Andreas Kapoulas. This is great. Um, I'm going to say... (laughs) He told you this was tough. This is tough. This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to say fun. I'm going to say fun. Fun. Love it. Uh, Tevin Ollison. Hilarious. Joel Osborne. Um, Interesting. (laughs) The British basketball logo rebrand. Good. I'm so good. Hamburg basketball. Home. Sorry, man, no. LeBron James. King. Favorite NBA team. Um, Cavs. From Cleveland. Favorite game day sneaker. Kobe. Top of your list from Santa this Christmas. We play the day after, so I'm going to say win. <laughs> And lastly, the London Lions. I say fierce. You can say that. Man, that's this week's Marriott Minute. Great job, VJ. We can All get right. into the body of the interview now, Drew. All over to you. Harder than it looks, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> VJ, man, welcome, man. It's good to see you, bro. How's things, man? Man, things are good. Things are good, man. Like I said, thanks for having me. Been me to talk, catch up with you guys. and uh been a little while. Yeah, for the fans that's new to the league, new to the podcast, we got a chance to visit VJ last year uh, down in Brist- Bristol, spent the day with him. But obviously last year was your first year um, in Europe. So I'm I'm pretty sure from your perspective, you didn't really have any expectations. But 
you know, with the BBL over the last year, we've gotten a CEO. There's been a lot of new faces that's been involved. And Jay talked about the rebrand there in a merry minute, and it's been all about um, production. But obviously you're in the German BBL, but just from your perspective, what does the British Basketball League look like from the outside looking in at the moment? Uh, from the outside looking in, it just looks like it's, it's continuing to grow. And I said that um, when I was there last year, um, you know, not, you know, from my perspective, I didn't really know a lot about the league. Um, just from, from coming back and, and seeing where it's, where it's going now and the, the type of players that are coming and uh, it's a certain attraction to it. Um, obviously, you know, speaking the English language um, can be a big deal for a lot of players uh, who want to play in Europe and, um, you know that the British PBL is a great place to do that. And like I said, it's just uh, continuing to grow every uh, every season. And how does it compare to the um, to the social media presence in your league? Because obviously that's been uplifted. We got clips and you know really showcasing our players. Just give us a little um, uh, of of where how that compares to the German BBL at the moment. In terms of just the media presence, or just like the yeah, basketball, just the, yeah, just the media, yeah, social media presence, yeah. Um, honestly, it's, uh, I would say it's probably more of a social media presence in, um, in the UK. Um, but it's still, it's still a very, very big, uh, you know, presence here in terms of like just getting to know guys and just doing things like you guys are doing with, um, interviewing specific guys. And, um, I'm still like, you know, learning, learning the league and, and just experiencing as I go. Um, so I don't have that much to to speak on about that, but um, from what I can tell so far, um, I would I would probably say that the UK has a probably a bigger you know media presence. It could be the fact that I don't speak German too, so maybe I'm just not seeing most of it <laughs> because I don't speak the language. So that that could that could really just be it. For sure, for sure. Um, just just for the fans, you know, we try we try to talk for the fans, or we try to translate for the fans. You know, talk us through your decision. Uh, to leave Bristol, you know, I'd imagine mm-hmm. that they talked to you about Europe and the pro- progressions that they hope to make. So, you know, was was Euro Cup just too big of a pull um, financially? Was it a better move, or or was it as simple as wanting to experience a different country? Uh, it was the Euro Cup. That was the the only really major decision. It wasn't about money or anything like that. Um, me and me and Coach Andreas, we talked about it um, after the season, even before the season was over. You know, he was telling me, like, if you have an opportunity to, to play in the Euro Cup next season, then you need to take it. You know, we're not going to offer you to come back here. If you have, you know, an opportunity to play in the Euro Cup, that's that's where you need to be. So that was the one driving force as to why I'm here. Um, like I said, it wasn't about money or just going to see a new country. Just being on the Euro Cup stage was uh, most important to me uh, after last season. And we have Matt Morgan from the London Lions on the show a, a couple of episodes before that you would know from the London Lions. And we asked him to compare mm-hmm. the Euro Cup competition to the British Basketball League. So same for you. Just give us an insight on like the level of that, of, mm-hmm. of the Euro Cup. Uh, it's just a, it's a step above in every category from, from our domestic league here. Um, you know, the shooting, physicality, speed everything from top to bottom it's just uh, it's just a higher level of basketball um i would say that's that's the uh, biggest difference we know you're uh, obviously facing off against the london lions this wednesday you know how would you evaluate their team this season and and without giving away too much of the magic for you guys what what do you think the secret is to beating this lions team 
Um, I mean, for us, man, we 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 gotta almost strive to play perfect, man. They're 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 a phenomenal team. Um, they play a great brand of basketball, and not only that, they have great individual talent. So, man, they're they're a handful to to deal with. But you know, we look forward to the to the challenge and playing them. Like I said, we you know we have to um, just close our margin of error and just try to make as little mistakes as possible, and um, hope they miss a few shots. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help too. Yeah, I mean those boys can shoot, man. I mean, what's the difference that you see from them compared to last year? Because the biggest thing that mm-hmm. I keep harping on um to the fans is that surprisingly this team is like even closer than they were last year. Last year yeah. they were super close, but this year they have even more camaraderie, which you would know, like you played all around the world. Mm-hmm. Like putting a lot of talent together isn't that simple. From a from a camaraderie standpoint, you know, there's egos and stuff you got to deal with. But just in that one matchup, I know you only seen them once. But what difference do you see from them for, compared to last year? I was gonna say the same thing. I, I think the chemistry is a lot. It's a lot different. Um, you know, sometimes you you put together a um, a collection of new guys and they just kind of gel immediately. Um, that was very similar to what happened to um, with our team in Bristol last year. Um, I see that kind of happening with with the London Lions this year. They have a lot of new faces, but they've seemed to just, you know, gel so quickly. And obviously that shows on the floor. Yeah, just just to kind of stay on on, on the Euro Cup for a second, just to, to talk about you individually. What What's changed for you in your role? You know, last mm-hmm. year, you know, you were borderline a superstar in this league um, and the catalyst for this for this change in the Bristol Flyers. And we'll talk about that later on. I want to ask about Bristol later on. But just you individually mm-hmm. coming into this Euro Cup team, what have you had to change um, adjust, or, or was it a case of the coach was like, "I want you mm-hmm. to be you," and and that's it. Do you have to change much around that? Uh, well, this season um, here with the um, with the towers, I'm I'm a uh, I play off ball most of the time in Bristol. I had the ball in my hands um, pretty much all all the time, um, but here is uh, is completely different. Um, I really have to focus on my three point shot and just like spacing the floor and catching shooting, but still finding, you know, ways to just be myself in my role. And, um, you know, last year I played 30, 35 minutes a game. Um, here I probably, you know, played 20, a little more than 20. Um, so just being more, finding ways to be more effective in the time that I'm out there. Um, it's definitely been an adjustment, but it's, it's, it's made me a, a better player, much better player up to this point. So just, just learning to play off ball and, um, you know, moving without the ball and finding ways to be effective and especially defensively. Defensively has um, also been, you know, something that has been, um, you know, ad- added to my game with uh, with the way we play as well. Yeah, and I got a two-part question, actually, because that's interesting because, you know, when you go to having, a, you know, the ball in your hands often, you're playing a lot of minutes, it's tough to adapt. So what's been the most challenging thing for you this season? But then on the other side of it, What's click? Because I'm looking at your your numbers from um, the German BBL and the Euro Cup, and it looks like you started off the season pretty slow. In particular, like you just mentioned, was shooting a three. But like over the last six games, your three balls starting to fall. You got five out of your last six games in double figures. So, mm-hmm. what's starting to click for you now? I'm um, just you know me and me and coach. Uh, we watch a lot of film. Um, I would say a three point shot. Just you know, I come in and I work every day and just continue to trust it. Um, and just, uh, he, we always talk about, you know, just being, being great in those maybe four to five increments 
you know, because I'm not gonna, I don't have the you know luxury just to come in and take the whole quarter to really find my game and get into the flow. I have to come in and make an impact immediately, and um, that has been an adjustment. But like you said, over the past um, probably a month or so, I've, I've been able to figure it out. So it's been a process, but it's like I said, it's making me a better player. For for kind of upcoming players, you know, we 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 get fans of all variation, you know. So we've got young players coming through. Like, how important it, it is it to just be using your eyes and ears in those circumstances, you know? Because it would be very like hard for you, like I said, you know, coming in as a as a superstar from the BBL and and coming in being able to put up big numbers, and then all of a sudden they're almost asking the complete opposite of what you were successful in last year. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you? How do you promote that for those younger players that, you know, this this generation, it's hard, right? They want everything instantly. Yeah. There's not necessarily this processes, but you've had this real approach, um, you know, to going from the Bristol Flyers. You wanted Euro Cup. You wanted this test. You wanted to become a better player. You know, how, how do you get players to lock in sometimes when there's such a big change in your game? Well, I'll say, um, you know, the higher up you go and the higher level of basketball you get to, um, you know, you got to sacrifice to be on the, um, you know, a, a good team, a high high level competing team, and um, just be coachable. Um, don't take anything personal. Um, just know that there are a lot of moving parts to the, um, you know, at the higher up higher up you go. And um, like I said, just going from me going to a situation like I was in Bristol, is a higher level of basketball here and now. So, like I said, you have to you got to learn to sacrifice and just be the be the best in in your role. And just control what you can control. I think that's the biggest thing. I heard something really good on a podcast the other day where they said the the key is to take things professionally, not personally. Just wanted to throw mm-hmm. that in there. I thought that was a good little yeah. nugget, you know. And that's in that's on and off the court as well. And what I always say, VJ, is that um, from the fans, especially when you come over to Europe, like you know, fans are really quick to say, "Oh, this player can't play," or "Sorry," or whatever. But I always say that like it's a lot of factors for you know, Americans in particular being successful. And a lot of that has to do with being comfortable off the court. Just talk about, um, you know, the adjustments, because we, like I said, we spent a lot of time around the London Lions. And the thing that we always ask them is like, what's attracted you there? And the biggest thing, especially with Jordan Taylor last year, he was like, you know, being able to speak English is huge. So just talk to us about the things Mm -hmm. that you've had to adapt to off the court. Uh, I mean, honestly, for the most part, uh, most of the people here actually speak English, um, but it can be a be a struggle sometimes. Um, but I'm always open to trying new things, like trying uh, different restaurants, and um, you know, I just I have the the Google Translate always on my phone ready, you know, in case you know they can't really understand what I'm what I'm trying to say. But um, you know, for me personally, I've always been able to adapt to my surroundings pretty uh, easily. Uh, I've never been the type to really Really struggle being in new environments, so um, hasn't been that big of an adjustment for me. Um, other than the language barrier, there hasn't really been any uh, any issues with the transition. Well, last question for me really is, uh, you know, I've been very vocal this season on uh, the, the Bristol Flyers not keeping continuity for this season. You know, especially when I heard that they were going into Europe, I really genuinely thought that would secure players like yourself and Jelani and these kind of things. And, and obviously you've, you, you kind of cleared that up in earlier questions in the fact that, you know, I had this, this close relationship with coach Andreas about, you know, if you get this opportunity, but then I look at this team and, and I still see the DNA and the foundations from last season in it. You know, I mm-hmm. see this athletic, tough, aggressive, you know, they seem really driven chip on their shoulder type team. 
um, you know, and almost punching above their weight, you can say in terms of, um, you know, if you look at it financially, you know, what have you made of this season's Flyers team? Have you kept up with them and, and, and stayed in touch with some of those guys? Yeah, um, I still talk to Tevin a lot. I still talk to Leslie a lot. And um, also still talk to Coach. Um, like you said, the, the, the DNA is the same. No matter, you know, what, what group of players they have, um, those guys over there, they're going to play hard. Um, they play gritty and tough. Like you said, they're also athletic. And, um, you know, and also Coach gives them like a type of confidence and the swag to them that they can go out and just kind of play free. And um, from the from the clips that I've seen, I haven't been able to watch the watch the game yet, but I always keep up and try to you know watch the highlights. And it doesn't look too much different from how we played last year, like you said. So, mm-hmm. and that's um, that's a big kudos to how to how Coach got, has those guys playing. Yeah, man. I, I I think for the fans in particular, for ones you know new fans who you know might not know yourself, and they might be asking why are we bringing someone who plays in a different league here. You know, the whole purpose to, is to give you guys perspective on what other leagues is like, but then also celebrate guys like VJ. Um, another guy that played in the league last year for Caledonia is uh, Ali Durham, who is a teammate mm-hmm. of yours as well. The guys that's going off and doing great things. And there's several ex-BBL players that's playing in the German BBL. Gino Crandell just returned there. So, um, you know, we appreciate your time, man. Anything you want to leave out here for the Bristol Flyer fans? Man, keep keep going. Um, just know I'm always watching. Um, proud of what you guys have been able to do um, this season. And, um, you know, next time you match up with London, uh, knock them down, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks, brother. There you go. Appreciate yep. your time, man. There You're you welcome. go. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, VJ. Appreciate You're your welcome. time, bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We had to give VJ his flowers, man. Like we talked about, Jay. It's always great to see players. Uh, go off and do better for themselves, man. Yeah, and it's here on the show, it's all about insight, right? And what a fascinating yeah. insight. The one thing that I took from that was just the change in role. You know, so he had the ball in his hand last year. He had a lot of time to get into that role. And and as he was describing that, the last thing he finished with is how much of a better player he is for going through that experience. So I think that's pretty cool for the for the fans and for those young aspiring pros. Uh, that's a little nugget that uh, you can take away with you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, let's let's start things off, man, with the London Lions. Um, you know, the mighty Lions is taking a little bit of stick. You know, this past week, Jay, I, on social media in particular, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys caught it, but they put out a post before the Leicester Riders game. I mean, it was unbelievably clever, basically with some sick off-white <laughs> Jays. Um, basically saying mind the gap and if you didn't catch it right there on the right side it had the standings with london being first and and riders being seventh Uh, very clever marketing but then also earlier in the week they caught a lot of stick for marketing the game against plymouth basically marketed as a revenge game they took repurposed our podcast with matt morgan which was dope appreciated lions and uh, kind of tried to build up the game. And so a lot of people coming at London Lions head over the week, man. I just want to get what's your perspective on it? Because we touched on this earlier when we were talking about the Cheshire Phoenix and Gladiators thing. But just what's your overall take on this? It's it's such a tough answer. I, I, I don't know because I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit old school. So. I'm kind of not like the biggest fan, but like I totally get it. Like, so last year's experience for us and to get to be around, um, 
you know, people like Joe and Jose and all these kind of guys and it's understanding marketing. You know, the one thing that kind of makes me laugh a little bit is it does turn the fans into really kind of fighting against the club and it's, and it's, and it's the media team, right? That's what their job is to do is to <laughs> yeah. uh, create hype. Uh, and, and also what I've learned is creating controversy in a professional way is actually really good for the market now, you know? So, um, I, I totally understand it. Love the collab with us, by the way, like, um, you know, that, that was unreal. And it just, it just kind of earmarked, you know, that, that, that they were ready to play Plymouth and, and Plymouth brought their A game, right? You know, so it ended up being one of those games where I thought, oh, is that going to be somewhere they get stuck? Um, and then ultimately they put that graphic out and then they go put the stomp on the Leicester Riders. So, I mean, they are not only talking the talk, they are walking the walk. But I, I, I think this is the future for, uh, for sport, no? Is this is what we're doing now? I think that I think we just got to get get on the train and ride it. I just think you got to put your big boy boots on, man. Like, and here's my thing: like, <laughs> if you for the clubs who aren't interested in it, which it's very clear that the gladiators aren't interested in playing that game, and that's fine. You know, the Eagles don't get involved in anything, but we've seen the writers participate before. We've seen Plymouth. We've obviously seen Cheshire. I just think it's, it's, I, I use this analogy, perfect analogy, because you don't drink. Like, you don't drink and that's fine, but don't criticize the people that do. Like, don't criticize the people that are playing the game against one another. And first of all, kudos to Lester Ryder. Like, that response with the FBA, FBI guys tapped in, listening in. <laughs> that was, that was dope, Very man. Good. Like, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, Very that's what I'm good. like. Have fun with it. It's not that big of a deal, but, I'll tell you what the thing that irritates me, Jay, is that everyone's default. Anytime London does anything, their default is to talk about how much money they have. So just because they have the most money means that they can't market. It means that they can't because, I mean, let's focus on the 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 Plymouth game, which Dave and I went back and forth. I'm not sure if you saw it on Twitter, Dave Forrester from the Sunday Night Breakdown. Because he was trying to say that it's un like that it's misleading to fans. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's marketing. Like, if because I just think with London, it's a lose-lose situation. If they mention nothing about the game, then people say, Well, you guys don't care about the British basketball league. You're just glossing over, you're disrespecting it. They're trying to create a little controversy, rivalry with Plymouth and say, hey, come down to the game and watch it. And people are mad at that. And with Dave, I was trying to explain to him is that how can you get on these guys for trying to sell the game? Because there's people out there who specifically keep saying that the Lions are burning through money and there's no return. Well, the team is trying to make a return and get bums on seat and they get criticized. So I just don't get it, man. I just don't get how these guys, uh, th everything they do, they get, they get, you know, the stones thrown at them. Well, look, the thing is, is when you're successful, sadly, you know, you're the, you're the envy of all. And, and, and that's a talking point. But at the end of the day, like whether it's a positive or a negative, there are a lot of people. Uh, talking about that and they're talking about the game. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, right? You know, if you go to traditional marketing and this is really not a shot at Plymouth, but how do you sell that Plymouth game? You know, how do you sell that Plymouth game? Like the only thing you really have to hold your hat on is that they, they took an L to a team that they shouldn't have lost to, you know? So that's your only marketing campaign right now because they're not on a roll. They're not winning games. 
Uh, they're not necessarily the most marketable thing on the joint. So then you've got all of a sudden Matt Morgan is, you know, he's juiced to make sure that he plays it. So all the top players want to come out and show out of the copper box. Then it's how you're selling the game, isn't it? But, you know, I get it. I think we're just, it, the, the thing we need to accept right now is we're in this transition period, right? So we've had it a certain way for a really long time and the media's run the same way and the, uh, the conversations on, on, on the social media have been the same way. And now it's getting spicy, right? It's getting spicy. And, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Like I've always been, I've always been an early adopter to this stuff. And even sometimes when I don't understand it or I'm not necessarily hyped for it, um, we've just spent so much time, I think, behind the curtain that we understand why it's being done. And I'm like, I'm in, you know, like let's, let's just ride it out. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and, and Dave and I was one in one on social media um, um, debates, and it's clear that I won that when it's 2-1, just because his take was it's false, <laughs> misleading marketing, and the London Lions is going to actually play their whole team, and they're going to blow London out. And ironically, Jay, the game was actually, the final score was actually closer than the Newcastle Eagles-Bristol game. Who would have ever thought that? So I thought it worked out perfectly. So, yeah, Dave, take that 2-1. But <laughs> let's I, move along. One thing uh, I will say is, I, I, I got to say this, right? I, one thing I'm saying is, me and Dan are not going to beef just because you and Dave are going at it, all right? Me and Dan are good, <laughs> and we're, 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 we're going to keep the peace, Okay. <laughs> yeah and, and by the way guys me and dave we're, we're we're actually friends we're cool so when you see us um on social media it's it's not serious just in case anyone was wondering because i think someone asked me that and i was like no me and dave are fine we just have dave's different. great actually on the court we see everything the same because we're uh, a school of the flat four and all it's just off the court where we part ways on a lot of stuff but anyways let's move things on let's actually let's stay on the lester riders um because i want to ask you this jay i we got the trophy competition coming up in january we've talked a lot on here about the scheduling and you and i are, aren't really that bothered about back-to-back -back games has happened before i've said that the scheduling seems kind of odd of how teams are playing each other a lot but um i, I looked at the writer's schedule and noticed that they have a back-to-back -back game during the trophy competition. So I asked Judy Beer to, well, I asked someone out there to go do some homework and ask how many teams have back-to-back -back games during the trophy competition. And I can't bring her her tweet, but there's five out of the 10 teams in our league who are playing back-to-back -back games during the trophy. And that doesn't sit well with me. Like that feels really unfair. Like for the regular season is so many games, it's fine. But with this, 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 competition i feel like it needs to be a level playing field and i feel like for five teams it's unfair that half the teams play back-to-backs and half don't what's your thoughts on back-to-backs during trophy season yeah i'm just not like i'm i'm still the same like i'm just not that bothered about it but i think it's just because i've i've been in it for a for a long period of time i think like it just is what it is it is odd like the scheduling this season is a little bit odd and obviously with with us really trying to make a big deal about this competition. You know, I, I've kind of liked some of the, um, uh, you know, the way that they're trying to market it and the way they're trying to get that hype and, you know, similar, maybe, you know, taking a lot of um, uh, solstice from the, the NBA event itself, you know, just trying to market it as a season within the season. So I, I kind of like what they've done there, but the scheduling is definitely off, but, I just think it is what it is, you know, like we're, we're cramming a lot of games into a, a, a close schedule and, 
And some of those teams, you know, will, will feel slightly aggrieved. But I'm sure, you know, if you speak to Coach Rob or whatever else like that, he's just going to deal with it and he's just going to prepare for it the right way. So I don't know. I just, I, I just don't want to keep getting bogged down with it. I feel like it's something that just keeps coming up and people are trying to hide behind it or use it as excuses and things like that. But, you know, NBA play what, 82 games in a, in a season, which sounds absolutely insane to me also. So, you know, we're athletes, we'll figure it out. Well, I'm not an athlete anymore, but you know what I mean? We're, when we had to deal with double headers and things like that, you just, you just got to manage it and be prepared. Right. I mean, yeah, right. You got to deal with it. What else, what else can you do? But I just disagree with you because for the, for the regular season, I don't, yeah, put your big boy pants on and play ball. Like what, what are we complaining about? But for this competition in particular, it doesn't sit well with me only because Jay, the month of January is dedicated to the trophy competition alone. That hasn't been the case, right? Like the trophy and cup has just been mixed into the schedule. Like on a Friday night, two teams are playing the cup and two teams are playing championship mm. game. Always been odd. But like now that we're specifically dedicating January to the trophy, how difficult is it to spread the games out and not play a back to back? And then on the other hand as well. It's venue availability because that could be easily solved by a team saying, hey, Lester Ryder saying, hey, we want to play our home game on a Tuesday. But obviously, you know, they want their games to be where they're going to be able to maximize profits. And then, you know, their back to back is actually a Sunday playing London. Um, and I'm sure that London is very, you know, uh, it's very tight with the copper box. So, I mean, I don't know what goes behind the scenes and I'm sure there's a reason it's not purposely done. I just feel like with the schedule being specifically made for the competition, it could have been spread out more to be fairly, and, unless you're telling me that every team has a back to back and then I'm not complaining. So it just yeah. feels but, odd but to I me. think it, I think you've thrown it in there. I think that there's so many like components that go into it that people don't think about. Like you've just given a whole list of things that probably explains the odd part of the scheduling. I mean, I love that. I love that January is like where we're focused on that cup. Like that's really good for me because like, you know, the amount of times you'd have to genuinely be looking at the schedule and trying to figure out which one's a trophy game, which one's a league game, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was, it was, it could be confusing, especially like when you're in the industry we're in now in terms of trying to talk about the games. But I think, I think that's what the scheduling is. You know, the league needed to be a certain way. The venues, which is, you know, still going to be an issue until people all own their own venues is there's no, there's, there's, sorry, there's less flexibility. So I just think there's a multitude of sins. And then sadly, you're right. You know, a few teams are going to fall foul to it. Well, let's stay on the Leicester Riders. Leicester Riders getting all the love today, man. Um, Rider up. They, they, yeah, Rider up. Uh, yeah, and you're going at me at Rider up. Okay, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> uh, you know, the Leicester Riders have signed T Teddy Allen. We know how much firepower they lack and what they need and how they're struggling. On the other side, the Caledonia Gladiators, we've been talking about it all year. It's just something not right. They get their man in Mike Bothwell. Which guy is going to have the biggest impact? I mean, look, there's a couple things here that we need to go over. First of all, I just loved Ryder up in you. That was fantastic. I love doing it. But uh, and, and, and Josh behind the scenes had a good giggle about that as well. He loved it. He was like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I am I am a big Canadian Basketball League fan, so I knew exactly who Teddy 
buckets Allen was as soon as they announced that. So, like, I understood the gravity of how big a signing that is for them. Um, and I literally think he's exactly what they need. So, no offense to Mike, and I'm sure you're going to pat yourself on the back in a minute. You know, like, uh, you, you called it, right? They needed this, you know, they, they needed to fix that little spot with, you know, a lefty, crafty guy that it seems like they've got. But Teddy Allen, man, what he does is that's what he does. He gets buckets. That's why he's Teddy Buckets, man. So Teddy mm. Allen is going to, I'm going to call it right now, is going to have a huge say on this league. And I think the Riders are going to happily, happily pass the keys of scoring over to him and allow that to kind of create a link that's going to pull their season together. And as I said earlier, Rider up. I disagree with you, man, because although <laughs> I, dis I, I respectfully like, <laughs> yes, Teddy Buckets, from what I see, I don't know much about the Canadian League, but MVP, not too shabby. We know Jelani Watson-Gale uh, led the league in three-point percentage shooting there. So, And actually, I think it might have been his teammate, but you say impact, and I'm saying impact to what is not going to lead to winning just because unless – they bring in another player because I still think they need one. They need to. They need one more guy. Um, it's very clear. And so I'm talking about impact that's going to lead to something is Mike Bothwell because he's going to lead the Gladiators to finishing where they should have finished all year long. Um, is second place, which I was doubting. You, I, everyone out there has just been saying it all year. It's just something not right about these gladiators. And for me, you know, I finally get my wish. Christmas comes early. Thank you, Steve Timoney, for opening up the bank account and bringing us in a proper guard for the league. Um, and it's going to lead to us being able to analyze the Caledonia gladiators properly because we haven't been able to analyze them because we just feel like something's not right and so now and but the good thing that we talked about last episode is that they've been winning um in the league play without that next player but now they got that three-headed monster and you look at his stats you know from 20 2020 10.9 15.6 15.7 and last year 17.7 points a game at division one you know that is hard to do but the biggest thing that impresses me jay is he can hit his free throws, you know, above 80%. So, um, you know, they get the, you know, when the game's needing to be ice, him, Patrick Whelan, DeBose, pick your poison, but it's definitely going to be our guy, Mike Bothwell. But that's the counter, you see. That is the counter. So I'm hoping Mike Bothwell is all that and more, right? He's a lefty. So we, we got to, we, we got to hold it down for the lefties. Yeah, show some love. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's my thing. And a shooter. So you got to show him some love. But they're going to have to, he's going to have to find his feet. He's going to, how are they going to bring him in and not affect the performances of people like Pat Whelan? And that's the thing that I think is going to take time is you can't just make those additions. And we're going to talk about Newcastle in a little bit. And they're going through the same thing. And they're still on the roller coaster. For me, Leicester Riders are bringing in a guy that that's what they need. You know, they, they were 40 points shy against the London Lions. Well, this guy goes and gets 42 points for a living. And I'm not saying he's going to put up that many points, but how much of a luxury is it with this guy coming in where you go, you need to be, let, let's learn from the VJ King conversation. You need to be exactly what you are. You come in and you just go ham. 
just go about your business and the rest of the guys are going to go and make sure that that's integrated and it's the right plays at the right times. But right now, we want you to be relaxed, Teddy. Just relax. Just come in and do what you do. And what he does, he hits bombs. He looks like he's a little slow on the dribble and all of a sudden he's at the rim. I'm looking forward to seeing this guy. But shout out Mike as well. We want everyone to be successful. Well, we from the show me state, so both guys are going to have to show us um, in regards to their huge resume. <laughs> so go out there on the social, guys. Let us know who you think will have the biggest impact in those two new signings. But you just mentioned it, Newcastle. I didn't actually have Newcastle on the menu to talk about because I wanted to focus on the Bristol Flyers with having VJ King here and from what I just saw live Friday night. But in real time, e uh, Newcastle Eagles fan Philip Freeman, he sends a long tweet basically saying he's had a few days to allow himself to cool down following Friday's Eagles game, and I'm sure you get fed up discussing refereeing matters. I'm old enough and wise enough to know that referee decisions shouldn't be reason for the loss, but he's going on and on, um, basically dissecting Larry Austin and his why he um, basically out of character got ejected. But I think that breakdown is more for the Sunday night breakdown, Dan Rotledge and uh, Dave Force to go into those type of details. But my thing is here, and I'll let you touch on whatever you want to go with Newcastle. And this is for all fan bases because I'm sick of seeing it every week. Every time a team loses, their fans bitch and moan about refs. Your team ain't losing because of the ref. Your team is losing because they got beat. And Newcastle Eagles on Friday night got beat. Yes, that call may be controversial even on real time. I didn't really see much. But the Bristol Flyers beat the Newcastle Eagles. So Eagles fan, get off Facebook talking about the refs. Let's focus more on the performance. Let's the writers. Let's talk talking about the refs. Let's focus on the game. And everyone else, stop making the refs the scapegoat. Thoughts on the Eagles Friday night, Jay? So, Drew, they're, they're, um, that's one of the games I haven't had a chance to catch up on. So just re recap for me because you would have seen this. Like, are they any players down right now in this two-game loss? Well, I will say this. Um, getting to the game, a, a few fans asked me where was Scott Spencer. And I look around and I say, I don't know. And actually, just yesterday, the Newcastle Eagles tweeted that Will Neighbor and Scott Spencer had surgery. Scott Spencer yep. had back surgery. Will Neighbor, I can't remember what it said he had surgery on. But this is my thing, and I tweeted this. And this, the, the league, Aaron Raiden, if you listen to this, please put this in. Every team needs an injury report because me and the media shouldn't be getting to a game not knowing where a player is. A fan should not be getting to the game not knowing why their favorite player isn't playing. We need injury reports. But it's fair to say that those are two guys that haven't had a huge role this this year anyway. So um, you didn't have the game, so I know you, don't, you didn't watch it, so you, didn't, you don't have the optics of what actually happened. But uh, basically, it was a Bristol Flyer beatdown. And, and, and what, what, what happened was Newcastle Eagles had multiple opportunities to step on the Bristol Flyers' throat and they didn't. They let them hang around, get their confidence. And in the fourth quarter, uh, it was a it was a beatdown. It was a physical beatdown. And I'm just, man, Bristol Flyers, you got to give a lot of credit to them. This game isn't about the Eagles. For me, it was about Bristol. And maybe you could just touch on the Flyers because you've been talking about their lack of depth all season long, where they're missing 30 points a game, 
with uh, with Keedy Johnson out with a wrist injury, Trey John Lucas out with a grade two hamstring. That's 30 points a game. They come on the road in Newcastle after being a European game on Tuesday and win. Yeah. So are you still worried about their lack of depth? No, I, I mean you've got to buy. You've got to buy into the Bristol Flyers. Like I said earlier with EJ King, like I was really vocal. Um, I thought, um, you know, the, the loss of Jelani, like more so than the, than the loss of EJ King. But you know, I just really wanted to see him build on last year, and they have. They they have built on last year in terms of like Coach Andreas has seen something that he knows works, and it, and it's a DNA and it's a culture thing, and. It's crazy that they're they're missing some players right now, and they're still just going out there and battling. And like you said, they're really physical. Uh, VJ said it. You know, Andreas has this way of just giving them that confidence and and that swag about them, um, and that's potentially like new to what we were seeing from Coach Andreas. You know, because remember, go back the you know the the past few years, and we were talking about like the structure was inhibiting people, and you know maybe maybe it's time he's got to be a little bit more. Uh, cerebral and a little bit more open and then he came on the show and he said hey you know I'm I'm trying to be a little bit more open a little bit more cerebral and and this is the this is the product a, a team that I really enjoy watching I loved it when they um you know beat Newcastle down in Bristol and now like you said in that game um but it, but it's just the definition of the fact that you know exactly who Bristol are so when you watch Bristol you know what their DNA is and whether they're missing a player or not they that is them you know whereas Newcastle I still just don't think they found themselves you know so in their greatness in their big moments and and they've been really shining in Europe um you, you get excited, but then there is this this rick in them. You know, there's this this little jank in the chain that just kind of upsets the balance. And and uh, you know, I don't think it's one of those things that are really really obvious. You know, you know, Mark's a a, a great coach, and we know Gary, and you know, we know that they would put the hours in to make sure that they're trying to just you know fix. Because at the moment, it, at, at this point in the season, it's the little things, right? It's not about these these huge changes for everybody. Um, you know, Le- Leicester have realized what they need to go and get and they've gone and got it. And I think with Newcastle, they're still just trying to, whether it's a rotational thing, whether it's people are still just trying to figure out their role. Um, you know, and I think whilst you're going through that, you know, I think Cheshire is another one, right? You look at Cheshire and they are exactly who they are. And let me tell you, I love watching me some Cheshire Phoenix basketball this season. Like they're probably close to damn near my favorite team to watch in this league. Um, and it's because you know who they are. London Lions is the same thing, right? They are exactly who they are. And that's what riders have, have kind of complained about this year. This isn't our riders team. This isn't what we're used to seeing. This isn't how we usually play. So I, I think Newcastle are just still going through that that little spin cycle, it's not a big deal anymore like we talked about, you know, maybe a month ago. It's not a huge thing, but it's just got to be little fixes, little rotations here and there, a little bit of luck sometimes, I'm sure. But I think out of the two teams, Bristol have a culture in there and, and, and DNA that was built last season, and it's growing this season. Like, without Lucas on the floor, I mean, what chance were you giving them? It's unreal. You know, they're just playing really good basketball. Yeah, I was incredibly impressed. And I disagree with you slightly because I think the Newcastle Eagles know who they are. 
I just think that you have to, during a long season, you just have to be able to win a style of play or win games in a different way than what you are accustomed to. Like, because Newcastle Eagles, when they're flying and in transition, they look beautiful. But I want to see them win ugly, right? I want to see them win when things aren't working in transition. What else do you have up the sleeve that you can come back that can get you through the game? And when you talk about Cheshire, yeah, Cheshire know who they are. But last week against Leicester Riders, they won a game they weren't supposed to win, down 13 going into the fourth quarter, and they pull off that game. And I think good teams are able to win things, win, win games when things aren't going well, and maybe you take away what they like to do. But let's just finish there, I mean, on the Cheshire Phoenix, because they deserve some love, because I just keep waiting on it, Jay, and it's not happening. Like, not many people have gone – I think the only team to go – to uh, the the Cannon Medical Arena is the London Lions and win. No one else has done it. And the the Cheshire Phoenix go up there and put the schlacking on Sheffield Sharks. But what's more impressive about it is they put um, – where's my score sheet? They put up 104 points against the Sheffield Sharks, the second-best defensive team in the league. Who does that? I mean, uh, just – Leave us out with some flowers for the Cheshire Fiends before we get out of here. Well, I think like we we talked about it before, so we don't need to say it anymore. Like Coach Ben Thomas has got it bang on right, and it was really interesting to 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 hear him talking about the fact that he saw something that he liked last year, and he's rolled with that into this year. And just you know, kudos to them. Recruitment has been incredible, but I think the key to their success right now is, you know, yeah, I I. I'm giving them their major flowers, but they they seem to be going under the radar. And like yeah, you said, I think yeah, everybody else is in the same mindset as you, Mr. Lasker. <laughs> I think everybody's like, it's just Cheshire. You know, like yeah. they're having a hot moment. You know, they're, they're, you know they've, they've recruited earlier than everybody else. So they're gelling a little bit earlier. And I, and I just think that they are literally basking in the lack of pressure that is on their backs. You know, they are able to go into every gym and like they know that everyone's looking at them and going, okay, come on, show us what the real Cheshire is. And they're going, okay, this is, we'll show you what we're going to do. We're in a race to a hundred points and you can put, you can put a horse in front of me. You can put a shark in front of me. You can <laughs> damn near throw a lion in front of me and we're gonna, still going to get to hundred points before you. So that it doesn't get any more praise than just the fact that, you know, I just love watching me some Cheshire Phoenix basketball. Ain't it fun? Well, I, I'll do uh, two things. First of all, Ben Thomas is the coach of the year if the season ended today. And secondly, to your point, they're doing it quietly. You don't hear any of their players talking. They're just under the radar. <laughs> the only people that's talking is the social media team. They just going about it business as usual. Shout out to Cheshire. Yeah, love it. And I mean, hey, I, I might have, you know, a little uh, little information in the camp, but every time I talk about a player, they sure do come good, right? Chargois was, whoo, he's, he's been coming good recently, but uh, thanks very much. You don't have to look very far to understand who's telling me which player to look at in a Cheshire Phoenix uniform. So uh, thank you. Um, let's move on. Game of the week. Anything you see, Mr. Lasker? Anything you like? Um, Friday night sports, Sky Sports game. 
London Lions. I mean, sorry, Leicester Riders hosting Caledonia Gladiators. We get to see new, the both new signings. And right off the bat, we get to see who's right, you or me, who's going to have the biggest impact. Sky Sports 745 tip off. Make sure you guys lock in. We are absolutely aligned. We will be locked into that game. And, you know, maybe I'll come out with some Twitter retirement as well if there's some chatting going on between me and you, Mr. Laska, as we look and see which, uh, which player comes good. We know that Teddy Buckets has got the juice in that game. But uh, moving on, finally, it's time to give that player a nickname with Hooper and Luton, the UK's number one jersey destination and home of the basketball creatives platform, celebration of basketball culture and entrepreneurs in the UK. You can shop all things basketball at hoopinandluton.com and follow the socials for updates on stock, basketball news and content. If you've been following our socials, you will know we are going to choose a player a week to send in nicknames and we'll pick a winner each week. Carry that to the end of the month where Elliot at Hoopin and Luton will choose a prize winner for a £50 voucher so you can get yourself a fresh jersey. This week, I have gone with Plymouth's point guard, LVC Dusha. Get your answers on all things socials. Anyway, that's it from me this week. Thank you, as always, for your support. If you think your brand would benefit with some love on the pod, jump in our DMs. Until then, Drew, lead us out. That is it for us here today, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode, and we will catch you guys here next week, same time, same place, different guests here on the Drew and Jay podcast. Have a great week. Peace.